The following is a production of WEGL 91.1 FM. That ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run for Stephen Williams. WEGL Sports. The Tigers are headed to the College World Series. Where every touchdown of Game. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Lives. And welcome into another beautiful edition of the Extra Point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillard and joining me in the studio is Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, and Jack. Or right, Alex, we'll start with you. You know, I don't want to. How you doing today? <laughs> well, Jared, you know, I'm doing pretty decently. I set about six alarms today and slept through all of them, but still made it here. So that's good, I guess. And, you know, just trying to make it to the weekend at this point. Davis, what about you? How you doing today? Doing all right. I got a, a, a lab Zoom at 9.30, so I have to discern if I want to leave the show for that. Gotta discern? Do some, yeah, I use that word. Yeah, okay. But I, <laughs> I got to decide if I want to do some exercises on air or not, because that's what the Zoom is apparently going to be. I do think the optics of a webcam where the normal webcams are would be would be very good for your brand in terms of class recognition my zoom be like yeah. hey guys uh doing my show right now you can show not only your versatility right but then you're funny davis you should go in go into the zoom just to send the link to the extra point live stream and then just leave the zoom again <laughs> just just let just to network that is people. kind of a power move i mean it really you know, is let them know if you're going to call in you can at 334-844-9345. That is 334-844-9345 to join the show. Or you got the question on our live streams on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. All you gotta do is search for is search for WEGL 91.1 FN. Call in and talk about sports or literally anything in that's, general, because that's pretty much how these shows go, especially on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's indeed. Alex, how's your long lost family doing? Um, let's see. I haven't actually spoken to them since. Wait, no, I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dad is currently watching Breaking Bad. He's in the final two episodes. Very stressful times for him, of course. And my little brother just sent me a TikTok this morning. So life's going good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry that I asked. <laughs> so uh, on today's show, obviously we're going to get into what happened last night in both Game Seven of Houston, Oklahoma City, but also the ending of the Bucks. Uh, Heat playing the Heat. There we go. I went through like the Raptors and I went through like the Celtics. Like, they're not playing each other. Uh, the Bucks Heat game as well. So let's go ahead and just turn into that. Uh, Davis, the floor mm. is yours. The floor is yours. I mean, it's your team. I'm, I'm just going to let you have the floor, and I'm going to let you get whatever you need off your chest at this moment in time. Okay. Well, it wasn't a good game for the Bucks. Uh People say that um, – not sure what I was going to say there. Uh, Mike Budenholzer needs to kind of tighten up because the way this team's running right now is not good. But I still still do have faith in the Bucks. I think they might be able to pull out in six or seven. But 
the big thing that everyone wants to talk about from that game is the two final fouls. I just want to go ahead and say it. Action, and I were talking about the show. Uh, he thinks the Middleton foul was egregious. I thought it wasn't good, but there is precedent for it. And you can see Dragic's hips hit Middleton in the legs enough that he couldn't have a landing space. So I think it's fair for that foul to be called. But the one against Jimmy Butler, I don't see any anything for that. You saw Giannis's hand touch him after he already shot the shot, but that didn't affect how he landed because he was already falling backwards. So I think that call is total. Yeah, choose your words carefully. I'm not going to say it, yes, but everybody knows what I was going to say. I mean, it was a bad call made up by one of the worst calls okay, but made in the playoffs. You That's can say it was, it was a bad call, but there should not be a makeup call in the fi- when there's we're no time in, left. We're there in should... agreement, Davis. I'm, everybody, I'm just saying that for the people at home. They every, didn't hear us before the show. Everybody, even the officials probably agree there shouldn't have been a makeup call, but this was just another case of the no, official- no, 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 the thing is when a makeup call is when it's like so bad, like that Jimmy Butler one needs a makeup call. Yeah. But the Middleton one, you can see, do you see what I'm talking about? He had no room to land. If he landed, he would have landed on Drogic. That's fair. But it was still... He was in his landing, his lower body was in his landing area. Like the Samir Dowdy one you're talking, that one was a foul. He was in his landing area. But that one was also, that was also much worse in terms of like But that's a foul. He had no no area to land. Well, yeah, but Davis, watch those two plays. There's... Drogic brushing Chris Middleton's legs, and then there's Samir Doughty running full steam into Kyle Guy's legs. are two very different things. But I think the point that we are in agreement on, Davis, mm. remind yourself, I am on your side here. Despite the fact that I find no, intense I joy you, in watching you suffer. On that part, Bucks, I'm talking about the Middleton calls, what we're not in agreement on is what I'm talking about. I understand everything else we're in agreement on. You said it like 20 times. I, well, I mean, you're being very hostile over there. Because I'm aggravated. Yes, I, I understand you're aggravated because this is the best team in the regular season this year again. And again, in the playoffs, they get shut down again. And it's happened twice. And I understand it's very Say again, again, please. It's just simple fact. Keep reminded me. It's I understand. It. I understand. But this is just another case of the officials deciding that they want to be the focus of the game because why not? Because clearly um, they don't get enough attention for being terrible at their jobs. They had to do it again. So good for them. And I don't. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, the Bucks should probably be beating the Heat and should not be in this position. But it's just the fact that I mean. There's something that's being exposed every night. First night, it was Giannis just not performing. Now Giannis gets 29 and 14, but they shoot 28% from the three-point line. And it's just, there's, I don't know. It First game, it was the points in the paint for the Heat. In this game, I think it was the three-pointers because they were crashing the boards and they were guarding the paint a lot better, but then they weren't closing out as well. I think a big thing that the NBA needs to look at, because while the NBA has done a lot of things right, uh, and Adam and Adam Silver has shown that he's one of the best, if not the best, commissioners in sports. But the 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 referee situation, and I say situation because this it's not just this game. Yeah, we saw Rockets Thunder Game Seven. Chris Paul had a lot to say about that after the game uh, about uh, officiating. So it, it's definitely a league league wide issue at least. There has to be some sort of way, just like how in uh, just like how in the NFL, that in the last two minutes may be excessive, but in the last minute, the officials have to be able to make a call that says, "Hey, we need to be able to initiate our own review, or the booth needs to initiate its own review 
That way they can look at a play and say, now I know that in basketball the last minute is already long enough. Okay, and I get that. You don't want to slow down the game. But th- there has to be some sort of way to just look back at that and say, you know what, this may not have been the best call. Whether that's going back to the Middleton shot or maybe that's going back to the Butler shot. But there is there is there is no reason why that game should end on that kind of call. Now, was was it a foul? You know what? Sure. If if we want to get right down to it, sure, maybe it was a foul. But they don't call that. Yeah. There are not many refs that call that kind of foul in that situation at the end of the game. They let the shot go. If it doesn't go in, we go to overtime. We get our overtime ratings. We get our big bucks. Uh, Our sponsors get extra ads in. If it does go in, you get a great clip to end the game. But instead, what people are going to remember from this playoff series is Jimmy Butler going to the line with no time on the clock and sinking both free throws just to pad his stats and to get Miami up 2-0. And it's even worse because, honestly, that may do in the Bucks. Going down 2-0, this is the first time since, I think it's in 81, that the top two seeds are down 2-0 in their series. That in itself is ridiculous. To come back down from 2-0, I think if we're between the Raptors and the Bucks, I think the Bucks are the ones to do it, not the Raptors. I think the Raptors are done. And we're going to see that probably tonight. There's no way, there's no reason that game ended the way it should have. Yeah. There's no reason. And honestly, the NBA needs to take a really, really hard look at what happened and they need to figure out how this is not going to happen again. And, I, and I'm going to assume that they're not happy about the way it happened. Well, I would say they shouldn't be, but at this point, the the way a ref should officiate a game is at the end of the game, the ref should not be the story. People are always going to debate calls. People are always going to be frustrated about a certain foul being called or penalty or whatnot. But the ref should not be the story. They just did their job in the game, had it out. But it's been how many years in a row has it been where the refs have been the story? Now in the bubble, it's gotten the worst. They may have single-handedly changed the Mavericks-Clippers series. In fact, with the ejection of Porzingis, they did single-handedly change the Mavericks-Clippers series. And now this, and it's just gotten to the point where there's... But the other question is, what do you do? Because we've seen with the NFL and the pass interference uh, review thing, refs don't like to overturn their calls. They don't. Because the amount of times they should have overturned a pass interference call or called pass interference and just didn't after the review was seen many times last year, which people said, oh, the rule's pointless. But no, it's just that you've got the wrong people in the position. And now here you've got to ask the question, if a ref makes a climactic call at the end of the game, are they really going to want to overturn it? Really? I think it may come back to history. I mean, what what out of all the out of all the leagues, which one had probably the worst black eye when it came to officiating and uh, rigging games? Basketball has a history of that. Uh, the Kings Lakers series, yeah. Bucks Kings series. <laughs> what? Back in two thousand one, Western Conference. The Bucks finals. in the West. They were in the Western Conference. Yeah, back when they had Ray Allen. Are Are you sure about that? No, I'm saying because they played the Bulls in the 80s. So did they switch back to the Western Conference and switch I'm in back Eastern. to the East? Oh. Oh, uh, the, the, uh, I'm in Eastern, but you were confusing me. So the Kings No, they didn't play the, the Kings. They played the Sixers. You just, t- you just mentioned the Lakers. I really just got mixed up. 
<laughs> going back to my point. <laughs> when I was like, I was like, what's Alex questioning me for? A sport, I'm right. a sport, and a league that had that already has a black guy in his past when it comes to refereeing, and both games in pivotal playoff moments have referees in the discussion. I mean, and Chris Paul. Remember who Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is a savvy veteran who has the whole uh, player association behind his back and leads a lot of the voices in the NBA when it comes to players. And he called out Scott Foster last night. <laughs> and he called. I mean, he called well, him out. I mean, yeah, but that game was less directed by the officials and more just the Thunder. There were some really bad. I mean, foot. Scott Foster before the game. I I remember the stat. No, he came up to Chris Paul oh. and he told him he made a point to tell him before the game seven loss that he also refed his game seven loss to the Spurs in two thousand eight when he was with the Hornets. Why would the ref what is the point the ref has to say in saying that? And then he also called a delay a game on Chris Paul when he was tying his shoe while the kids were mopping the floor. That ended up giving a technical free throw to the Rockets to make him go up three. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that. And then he, oh, also, no. he also called several calls when he was on the other side of the floor. The, well, the, the delay of game I, was the bad part. That, wow. I, it's getting to a point where it's out of control, frankly, oh. because... Yeah, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't... If Towards the end of the game, you had the situation where the ref was handing the ball off to Schrader and Russ just slapped it out of his yeah, hand. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a tech. Didn't get a tech. I mean, at some point, you have to... The balance of power between the referees and the players. I mean, in the NFL, they will throw out an ejection, and that's uh, a pretty a pretty damning sentence. But it it just seems like what we've had three, maybe four, highly questionable events in the past two days here in the NBA. It just seems like the refs are losing a handle on the situation, and I I don't know how that gets remedied. Maybe you do toss someone out to send a message, but unfortunately, it, it, it's. Bubbling. I, I think this is a compounding issue as the as the players get more lenient and try to get away with more, and and the referees continue to let things get pushed back. I think stuff like we saw with with, uh, with uh, Russell Westbrook here. I I don't see it as a good trend for the for the league to be taking us uh, right here with the 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 ball situation with Schrader. And then another uh, highlight I saw was um, there in the second quarter. When Giannis un- fell under the bucket, fell fell down, and then Jimmy Butler holds him down to prevent him from getting back up, and that goes completely uncalled. And there should at least be an acknowledgement of that. It, it, it seems like there's there's getting away with too much, and and the calls they do make are suffering as a result of it. So I, I just see the officiating as something that's an easy fix, but it it needs to be kind of a draconian fix if it's going to alleviate the problems that it's creating. When does the NBA release their two-minute report? I don't remember. Should be today sometime, right? I thought, I thought there may have been a, it's going to be bad. I thought there may have been a certain time that they release it. It's going to be bad. I, I'm waiting for that to come through, and I just want to see what they say about the end of the Bucks Heat game. Yeah. Which that's one thing they didn't do implement the the two-minute report that made it better. But the two-minute report's a bunch of nonsense. That's what it is. It's a bu- it's a bunch of it's a bunch of. People, this is, this is what we shouldn't have done, but this is how it ended. Yeah, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of higher ups just saying, "Oh, we messed up," and then nothing happens. They they're finding they find Luca fifteen thousand dollars for throwing a ball in the general vicinity of an official. But when have the officials ever been fined for being terrible at their job? 
Mm. They just release a two-minute report and say, oh, they messed up, guys. And is Westbrook going to get fined for stealing the ball from the referee? Exactly. Getting yelled at? I was it, really surprised they did not call. It, I was watching that as a SB attack. The two-minute report's a waste. All right, let's go ahead and head to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll have more That's Your Point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Welcome back inside the extra point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillard and joining me in the studio is Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, and Jack Hart. We got through we got through the Bucks situation. We we started on the uh Houston, Oklahoma City train. Or is, is that out of our system or we need to talk about I, that I game? I can talk about some, I wanna, some more. I wanna I I don't want to talk necessarily about the rest, but about the ending of the game specifically because, I, first of all, why on earth would Chris Paul not take the free throw? Why would he send Danilo Gallinari? Danilo Gallinari shooting like 95 in the bubble. Did you see that shooting? That did not look like a 95%. That's like his first one he's missed, I'm pretty sure. Really? Like, he's barely missed any, I'll tell you that. So that's I would have chosen him as well. Interesting. Well, still. Then, I mean, on a more positive note, can we give props to Harden for that last play? Oh, absolutely. The block and then the the ability to just get out of the way of them pretty much throwing it out of bounds and I mean that was a heads up play. That yeah, that was that was that was a very good play. I'll give Harden credit. I'll give Harden credit. I mean, he still got outscored by Dort, but you know, we'll get we'll give him credit for it. But um and then just that final play, you know, the, Mike D'Antoni's um, job at Houston is on the line here, right? You know, if he loses, he's probably going to get fired. And Billy Donovan's like, all right, y'all, I'm going to preserve Mike D'Antoni's job by drawing up the single worst play I've ever seen out of two timeouts in my life. I mean, what was that? What really was that? Because you call two timeouts, you drop the play, and the play ends up being Steven Adams at the three-point line? Really? Have you ever seen Billy Donovan drop a good play? I mean, I would hope he'd eventually figure it out. No. And and not to mention the fact that there's, of course, the uh, the clear photo where Steven Adams has a clear line to the bucket, and he's like, nope, we're going to the three-point line, guys. I mean, that Donovan. was just awful. And, of course, there's the fact that now you never always get on Steven Adams saying Steven Adams gets paid $25 million to jog up and down the court, which to take uh, Don't contested. worry. We, we, we've made a fun of people making a lot more for doing a lot less. That's true. Show. Bobby Benilla. He get paid, what, $25 million, you said? I was thinking, yeah. I was talking about Nicholas Platoon, but sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I'll, he's good at least, though. Oh, oh excuse no. me. Whoa, 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 I'm kidding, whoa, I'm whoa, 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 whoa. But Steven Adams took some bad shots in that game. Like a jump hook from like halfway. Oh, my God. It was, it was very, very just like. Head scratching. How is he not just backing down six foot two PJ Tucker in the post? PJ Tucker's stronger than you think. Mm-hmm. He still he still has six inches on him, dude. Just but if back down it, a bit, okay, do a baby listen, hook and be done with it. If you're like if he has you like six feet from the basket and he's holding you there and you can't get past him, then you just is that my mom? Some somebody's called in, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder who it is. Um, if it's my brother again, I'm gonna lose it. But um. It's Davis. It's not your mother. Davis, how did you feel about 
Giannis being the only starter with more than 33 minutes played. I, I know there was some foul trouble a little bit. I mean, like, late in the game, it ended up only being, like, three for each of them. But I think All right. the other starters should get some more minutes. Yeah. All right. Do I need to explain to you how little whispering works? <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it. That's why I did it. I knew it wasn't going to work. All right. Y'all, y'all done did it now. Because somebody's really upset at y'all. Wait a minute. Who is it? It's my mom. All right, Devin, you're up. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? What's up, Devin? <laughs> Listen, I um, I'm, I am um, shocked at the things that I'm hearing this morning. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna take this. I'm just gonna take this thing step by like person by person. Um, Alex, let me tell you something. Alex, don't. No, no, Davis. Let's go, Davis first. Davis, <laughs> Davis on the left side. Yeah, hey, Davis on the left side. I'm in the middle. He, he's the one with no, glasses. No, no, no. I'm the one by the door. I want Alex. Alex first. Don't you ever in your life speak anything else about basketball. I don't care what. Don't even say nothing about a hoop. Don't say nothing about half court. Don't say nothing about <laughs> dribbling. Don't say nothing about shooting. Don't say nothing about playing defense. Don't say nothing else about the game of basketball, okay? Don't say nothing else. And why, I'm very disappointed. And why is that, Devin? Don't say nothing else. Sure, sure, sure. I got you. I'm coming back. To you. I'm coming back. <laughs> Alex, let me tell you something. I'm very disappointed in you also. You know, want to know why? You want to know why? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about his actions. <laughs> literally, did you just literally say Nicholas Batum is good? <laughs> That's okay. At least I was joking on that. Alex never jokes. Oh, yes, I do. I no, know no, Nicholas I, I Batum really is a bum. Ah, I'm, I'm littering because I can't get it out. That? that was, that was, don't ever say that ever again. I got more hope for you, okay? I got more hope for you. I'm not going to take your basketball card, but... That right there almost got it burned, and I was going to step on it. So, and Jack, bro, why you letting that happen? <laughs> you supposed to stop them. I'm trying my best, Jared, Devin. I blame you, too. Jared, Jared, whenever Alex you. talks basketball, he's going to turn off the mic now. I, okay, I'm curious as to what I – I didn't think – I've said worse things in my life than what I said today. I yeah, I was, no, I was there on Tuesday. I was about to say a lot worse than today, so I'm a little curious as to how my basketball card got revoked. Devin I really so. didn't want to tell you that, but I, I didn't know have an opportunity. But now I had an opportunity when you said that um, when he was referring to the um, Clippers and Mavericks series and how the referees think yep. the <laughs> I'm with you um, on that one, Devin. I started, man, I was over here. Who, who else other than Dallas Mavericks fans thought they were going to win? No, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think they were. I didn't think they were going to win the series. I'm, I'm just saying that <laughs> the ejection of Porzingis changed that game, and by extension, changed the series. Y'all still no, lost. That, that one game, what? they were still going to beat them, bro. It doesn't matter. It I mean, it was matter. what? It was what, a two-point game at the time that he got ejected? And, I mean, after oh. once the Mavs lose Porzingis, I mean, that offense becomes Luka dribbling around in a circle as the rest of the team just shoots well, three-pointers I mean, and bricks the rest them. didn't hurt Porzingis. No, so. I, but, Davis, that whole – it's I'm not saying the injury. I was talking about the ejection itself. That game itself was but changed But they still ended up losing Porzingis anyway in the series. Okay, but again, that Davis, I'm not talking about they were going to win the series in five if they if the refs didn't eject him. I'm saying that that particular game, they did eject Porzingis when he probably shouldn't have gotten that first technical. And uh, then, uh, uh, listen, they was going to lose anyway. All right, just, just, just at the end of the day, they was going to lose. Okay, I mean, just, just let it be. Yeah, they lost. They were down All by right. two. So, yeah, other, they was going to lose regardless. It doesn't matter if they was down by thirty if he got ejected. They was going to lose eventually, sir. 
And how is that a guaranteed fact? See, exactly? the funny thing is the Mavericks were down 23 the they next won. game without them and came back and That's won. exactly. They came back down from like 30. <laughs> but, I mean, it's whatever. Either way, even as a Mavericks Why fan. I'm talking basketball with you. Uh, Derek, what, what, how you doing, Derek? No, I'm doing <laughs> well. No, even as a Mavericks fan, I went into it. I know I talked, about, I talked with it about Davis. We weren't going to win that series. I don't, I don't and if we were, it was going to be in seven games. And that was if we were lucky. And, I mean, we were only in that series because Luka hit an amazing game-winning shot in one sure, of those games. Sure. So Thank you, because they supposed got, to got beat in five. To even win two games in that series, especially when you lost your big man, uh, one of your stars, after two games, I'm still proud of the team. I, I agree. So we'll, we'll, oh, I'm not we'll go from there. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're, they're not like, you know, I, I was very shocked and proud of, I like Luka, so. I mean, I have no problem with that. And then speaking on last night game, hey, um, at the end of the day, I understand what y'all talking about, the referees and things like that. But, you know, y'all know how I am. Just ball. I mean, that one play doesn't determine the whole entire game. I mean, Luka them have, not Luka, but them, Giannis them had more opportunities than Miami, and they had to come back on that too also. So, hey, I mean, you can sit here and blame the referee. Oh, my God, you should not call that. Man, uh, uh-uh, ball. You should not even put it in the referee hands to even get that to even get to that point. So, I agree with that. Um, I agree with you. He want to blame the referee. Like you can't just blame. I mean, you can, but referee gonna make bad calls anyway. So why even put it in their hands to even give you a, give them the opportunity to even be in part of it? That's fair. And then Giannis is the MVP. You know, he's the reigning MVP, but he got Chris Middleton. Who's it? Sorry. Now, that's who's sorry. <laughs> like, we ain't going to say nothing about that. That's who's sorry for real. But, hey, you know, he got Chris Middleton, who's an all-star in the East. And you see exactly what he Eric Bledsoe, too. He, was, did he play? Yes. I have no idea. He was he her did. game one, but I couldn't yes, remember if he played. He played. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, he did decent. He had I 16 mean, points. Butler, the Miami Heat are probably going to win. Now, I'm not going to say they're gonna, they ain't going to sweep or nothing like that, but I will say this thing probably going to go to game seven absolutely. At the least. Yeah. So, I mean, but Miami's going to pull that thing out because Chris Middleton is um, Giannis' Giannis's second best player. Or oh, Brooke Lopez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's very impressive. Hang on, he's slandering my team. Hang up on him. Uh, no. No, I'm not going to hang I up mean, on da- him. I mean, Davis, they are. They, I mean, they do deserve a little bit of slander. Come Chris on. Chris Middleton had plus 18. So, That's her team? Yes. yes, Devin, that's my team. Davis. How do you feel? How do you feel about your team? How I'm not. I'm not happy team? with the way they play, but I still have faith in them. I can go more in depth. No, I'm, if not, you want I'm talking them. about your roster. I'm talking about the roster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How How do you feel? You know, Trash. Chris Middleton on a bad day, he's like a fourth option, but on a good day, he's a strong second option. And I think it's a good bolster to the championship aspirations of the team. He better be good because he got a max contract. I was about to I'm say, not, he is look, a max I'm not, player. I'm not happy with the contract for him. But okay, okay, okay. I think it's too big. Same with Bledsoe. I like Bledsoe a lot too, but I think his contract's a little heavy too. So just in case Giannis leaves and they're stuck with them too. But, yeah, yeah, and then they're going to stop. Yeah, I'm not. All these rumors are kind of getting me worried about him going to the Mavs or the Raptors or the Heat. When is Giannis's contract up? I think it's this. Is it, it might be next summer. Next, so not next this summer. off season, but next off season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the Heat are going after Oladipo this summer, and then they keep talking about how they're going to go after Giannis next summer. Why would they? I don't. I don't, I don't feel like Oladipo and Giannis. That just doesn't 
seem like the right. But then again, Jimmy Butler. I mean, they're they're on my league mode. I, I guess they, they, they are just they, they are going this. Let's sign everybody we can. To be fair, I didn't think LeBron and Lance Stevenson would be on the same team, but then that happened. Okay, the past yeah, year. no, yeah, that's 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 that a very fair point. That's a very fair point, but I don't know. Look, we gotta head to a quick commercial break. Devin, are you sticking around or are you good? You got everything out of your chest? <sighs> I'm done. I, just Alex on Alex or Davis. He already gave y'all y'all speech. Just, just, just you know. Mate, I'll be watching. But if I have to come back over here, then I'm about to go crazy again. But hey, <laughs> All right. y'all have a great morning. All right, thank you, you Devin. You too, Devin. <laughs> y'all need to stop. Alex is the one that got his basketball card revoked. I got a pass because I, I was just joking about Nicholas. I said much more inflammatory Coutinho. things than that. We're going to head to a quick commercial break. It's a good thing you finally got it canceled. <laughs> I know. We're, we're going to head to a quick commercial break when we come back. We'll have more Electric Point here on WEGL 91.1 and Eagle Eye TV. be flopping all over the place. Welcome back to that extra point here on WEG on 911 and Eagle. Yes, you did. No, I did. Welcome back to that extra point here on WEG on 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon and joining me in the studio is Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, and Jack Hart. If you want to call in, you can at 334-844-9345. That is 334-844-9345 to join the show. Or you can ask a question in our live TV stream on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for WGL 91.1 FM. You heard uh, Extra Point co-host Devin Foreman call in and pretty much, well, he backhanded Alex. For something, I mean, that made sense, but whatever. And then he just lambasted Davis. No. Well, he also called an agreement. Let's remember he called Davis Alex as well, so he yelled at Alex twice. He didn't care who, he didn't care which one of y'all were which. He just came out firing. That's fair. That's fair. There was some friendly fire. Things he, happened. He came after me for a joke. He came after Alex for saying something stupid. What I said. Okay, you know what? I'm. I. I made my <laughs> point and whatever. But I mean, I've got something else that we could debate if we want to stay on basketball. He told you not talking about you basketball. You got your card. No, your part. Your card is revoked. Well, um, I can, we can talk about it, but you can't. No, nah, well, I'll talk about it anyway because he's gonna so call back in. Richard Jefferson tweeted that uh, oh, after the game, he said Giannis might be a Pippin. There, I said it. He needs his Jordan. So, what does everybody? How does everybody feel about that? He's not a Pippin. That's it. That's all However, the tweet below it says this: Pippin has six rings, a seven-time NBA All Star, eight-time All Defensive Team member, an Olympic gold medalist, and one of the greatest players of all time in a Hall of Famer. Excuse me. Being a Pippin is not a bad thing. I'm not thing. saying it is, but with the word, with the phrase, he's a Pippin, that means he's the second star. He's he, not he the leading He can't win person. without a Jordan. Well, I guess is what as saying. far as of right now, this very moment. Or maybe he just needs a better Pippin. What? Maybe he just In order for him not to be a Pippin, Pippin, he needs to find his own Pippin, so he's well, not Pippin. but you know there, let, let me say this. That, the okay, of this is going to be too direct because this is comparing Pippin to Jordan, or not Pippin to Jordan. This is comparing directly. So, Alex, nobody whatever you say, no, I would, just no, I, just, I'm not. No, it sounded bad. Don't what I'm cause that to happen is, again. What I'm gonna, what I'm gonna <laughs> say is, you know, no matter what, that's like saying Jordan when he was by himself. Nobody called Jordan a Pippin, or like it was. Nobody said Jordan was a second fiddle. They just said he needed help. This has turned into people saying that Giannis doesn't need help anymore, as he maybe needs somebody completely take over for him. That's a totally different argument. Which is why I think that it's reasonable for people to sometimes say maybe he is a Pippin, not because he doesn't have help, but because they're just two different things. Because 
even when other great players were by themselves in the playoffs, they didn't get really shut down. The rest of their team did, right? You know, even when LeBron was by himself with the Cavs, he did great. The rest of the team was just nowhere to be seen, and vice versa for all the great players that were by themselves. Kobe in the years after Shaq and all that stuff. So, but with Giannis, we've seen games in the playoffs where he gets shut down. And it's not so much the rest of his team not showing up, except last night it sort of was, but it's more about the fact that he just gets shut down and maybe needs somebody else to take over for him. Now, I don't know. Obviously, I think at the end of the day, Giannis could potentially, potentially, this is very potentially be better than Pippen simply because his individual skill set and athletic ability separates him. But I just want, I'm just a curious question. I want to ask you guys what you think. Okay, so that's when one of you says something. Oh, you already know my thoughts. You, you say no, absolutely not. He's not a Pippen. Right. He's the okay. best player on that team. And it's not like... I mean, Pippen was the best player on the team in the two years after Jordan retired. Of course, but not the same thing. But not saying same that thing he I had know. a Jordan beforehand. That, no, that's, again, not saying I'm just, I'm just... As of right now, he is the Jordan that, on the team. That's true. He, he is the best player. I mean, he's the MVP. Unless they get true. LeBron or something, he is still the Jordan. That's true. That's true. When I, re- when I hear that tweet, when I read it, my thought process is that He's good. He's great. Yeah. But he ain't going to win without a main man next to him. Yeah. For Giannis, that's that's probably true. And I, apparently it's not Chris Middleton. Yeah. And again, I think it's important to say that being a Pippen is not a doubt. Da- the no, Pippen I'm, analogy is just so much the it, fact that it's it, a Batman and a Robin. It, it could have been phrased better. That's true. But it's pretty much coming down to can Giannis pretty much win with what he has, which is sometimes or most of the time, if not by himself. Yeah. yeah. And I know he needs somebody next to him, like a, if he goes to the Heat, Jimmy Butler. If he goes to the Raptors, Pascal Siakam. If he goes to the Dallas Mavericks, Luca or Porzingis. Or, I mean, that, that'd be a stack team in general. But That's the European death squad over there. I mean, there. that really, that team would be. But Jay Williams, I think, said it a bit better. He said LeBron was technically pipping for D Wade at the beginning of the Heat era, which I think. Specifically, that was true, especially against the Mavs. And he yeah. said, there's nothing wrong with that until you get over it. Because that's what, I mean, that's what's true. LeBron played that role for a year or two. And then immediately, I mean, we've seen what he's done since then. I think that that's a fair point. Yeah. And, I mean, D-Wade could never get to the finals. And then LeBron comes in. Well, and, well, you know what? I, I'm about to say that. I don't know what that was. The, no. They did D, win. They did win. D-Wade by himself, struggled by himself. Yeah, could not get to there. Right, That's he true. he could not get there. The LeBron came in and got him there. Yeah. Also, just want to say that uh, the narrative, or not the narrative. I don't like that word. The the I can't think. You, you don't like the word narrative. The take. It's just used so often. I don't know. I just don't want to use it right now because I could think of a better word. I, but all everybody talking about Giannis went from he's. Unstoppable now to he's a Pippin, which I think Richard Jefferson didn't mean it by he needs another main man. I think he's saying that he is the sec he should be the second option for a team, is what I think he means. I think it's important to also realize that it's more difficult to evaluate who is what nowadays because the regular season and the playoffs are so very different. You know, back in the eighties and nineties, intensity was at was I mean it was at a premium. People played defense nearly the same way playoffs and in the regular season. I don't think season. it's that hard to tell the difference between the one no, and no, two. No. no, what I'm saying is that now it people would it, it was there wasn't 
as frequently such a stat drop in the playoffs because the defense was always equal. Now in the regular season, the defense and the intensity is at such a lower standard that people are more prone to stuff the stat sheet during the regular season than come playoff time when people clamp down, it gets a bit more difficult, which is why I think it's difficult to evaluate because people that are stars in the regular season that struggle in the playoffs, it's like, okay, what's the issue? Are they a Pippen? Why? And I think the Pippen comparison is made to Giannis because, again, he's leaving the defensive end like Pippen. And in games, if he was the Pippen role, he would fill the role of guarding the opposing team's best player because he is the be- one of the best defenders in the league. If not, well, I mean, he was named Defensive Player of the Year after all, so he is the best defender in the league, at least by the awards name. Are we good? Is it all of us? Our- I also just want to say oh, geez, one more not. thing. You can't put all the blame for these past two games on Giannis like they're doing because the rest of the team has not played good either. It's not just the past two games. It's also what happened last year. I think it's specifically what happened last year because they go up 2-0 and then the Raptors just clamp down on 1-4 straight. And again, there's a lot of... And again, the Bucks are not a perfectly built team that the only flaw is Giannis. That's true. But I think it's just... At a certain point, everybody asks that about a star if it keeps happening. And if it happens again this year, you could see it. And if it happens again next year... I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, right, for Le- even LeBron, he, at a certain point, he perpetually got to the finals and lost. Yeah. And people are like, he can't do it. Right? Well, what is LeBron's, what, NBA Finals record? It's like, what, three and three and six, six yeah. right? It's not great. It's, and, and I mean, we could be talking about LeBron James that could have nine rings right now. Just going by numbers, that's right? That's fair, that's fair. But he has three because in six different six different times he showed up and he wasn't able to do it. And at the end of those series, what was always the question? Why is it was either LeBron didn't you know play up the par or the rest of his team let him down? That's true. That same conversation, instead of it happening in the finals for LeBron, it's happening in round one with the Bucks. Two. Or round two with the Bucks. And for the sake of Giannis staying in Milwaukee, they better figure this out soon. Yeah. Because after last year with the disappointment, and then this year, where you what, you lost only, what, 17 games? Yeah. And you are on the verge. I'm not saying the Bucs are about to be swept. But you're on the verge of getting ousted in a demeaning way. If they don't figure this out next year, say they lose this series. If they don't figure this out next year... If I'm Giannis, knowing that Middleton's a max player and that there's probably not going to be a lot of movement because it's not going to be a lot of money to go around, right? Uh, unless I'm just very, very committed to winning in Milwaukee, I'm out. I think he is committed to winning Milwaukee, and I hope he is. Cause I don't, I don't want him to leave Milwaukee. I think, oh, I, I think, I think he's, I think Giannis being there has been great for that city and for that team. I love the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks are just a great team. Fear's a deer, right? I love it. But man, they gotta they gotta figure it out. I will say, if he does leave Milwaukee, this is gonna sound rather crazy. But he's about to get his card burned again. What no, what is the team that's really the best fit? Oh my god. The best fit or the best move? Nope, it's not the Mavs. Okay. The best fit or the best move? Um, I would say the team that he can go to and they will not have to restructure their roster so much to fit Giannis. There's one team I have in mind, and it's going to sound ridiculous. The Warriors? Yes. Hmm. Because as Steph Curry gets older, he's not going to want to handle the ball as much because he's going to get older and he's going to get worn down. Do the Warriors even have that much money? No. They, but they can trade. I, I don't saw, know how they'll do it. but it's. I the, saw a trade thing. They can trade the number two pick, Pascal and uh, Wiggins, right now to get 
Because the Bucks don't want to potentially lose Giannis in free agency, so they'll get that. Because I think you know, as Clay coming off the ACL stupid, surgery though. and Curry being older, they, I mean, they will be the ideal spot up shooters for Giannis to drive to the paint, oh. kick it out to. That's, I mean, that's what the Bucks have tried to establish, and it's worked relatively well. But I think that's the team where you could look at the least amount of restructuring of an already well worked roster. Which, I mean, I don't think he's going to go there, and it'd be ridiculous if he did. Because I mean, come on. I mean, the Warriors really getting everybody again, but... Hey, Devin agrees with you. He said, I agree, he might get his card back. So congratulations, Alex, you did it. Yeah. Wow. If we're talking he said about, he might, though. If we're talking about parallels between Giannis and LeBron James, um, taking a look at... I mean, this is Giannis' sixth season, taking a look at LeBron's sixth season, those 2009 Cavs with the best record in the NBA would lose to Dwight Howard and the Magic, and the and the 2019 Buck, also with the league's best record, would lose to Kawhi and the eventual champion Toronto Raptors there in the Eastern Conference Finals. James would win his consecutive MVP in 2010, uh, and the Cavs had this NBA's best record. However, he and the Cavs were bounced by the Boston Celtics in game six games at the Eastern Conference semis. So Giannis, now in his seventh season, on the verge of his second straight MVP, maybe a defensive pay- player of the year, Looking like he's going to get bounced from the, maybe not even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, I mean, it shows that that there are some parallels to be drawn here. Even if you can't extrapolate that from anything, you have to remember that when when making claims and accusations when comparing these two players. That's a very good point. I I, I don't think Giannis is the guy to end up in Golden State. I I don't think he is either. I'm just saying that if, if if he is set on leaving Milwaukee... That makes the most sense from a I'm going to get my championship as quick as possible standpoint because I really think if you, I mean, with that offense, I mean, it's just, that would be a dangerous team. And again, that's a team where he can go and just, that's probably the most seamless transition because every other team, I think, you know, Giannis is such a unique player that you'd have to rework your roster to fit the fact that he is going to be a small forward that relies on the paint. And or power forward technically, but um, I think that that's the one where he could go, and it would also play like the Bucks. It would be a seamless transition for him from like you know a play style standpoint. It would just be a better team, or at least better supporting cast. Let's head to a quick commercial break, and we come back. We we'll have more of the extra point here on WEGL ninety one one and Eagle Eye TV. And welcome back inside the extra point here on WEGL 91.1 and Eagle Eye TV. Well, breaking news. Indeed. Now, did you see it before we signed off? Yeah. Uh, no, just as you signed off, I saw it. I, I refreshed okay. Twitter and it came up like 48 seconds ago was the notification. We're two minutes late on it now. Well, um, breaking news. Yeah, you heard it here first. The NBA is fining Boston's Marcus Smart $5,000 <laughs> for flopping in game two. Yeah. So this really sets a big precedent hey, for you, continuing for uh, well, how and this playoff series is going to advance. Even lesser news. That, I mean, who, who really cares about this? We're just going to break the news anyway. Uh, Steve Nash has signed a four-year contract to become the Brooklyn Nets head coach. A guy that's never head coach before. He's, He's only never done been head duties coach. for the Warriors. And again, before you say this makes no sense, the Nets fired their very experienced coach, Kenny Atkinson was his mm-hmm. name, 
just because Kyrie said so. So, like, I'm well, gonna, I'm gonna be quite honest with you. This in my head came out of nowhere. Yeah, I like, know it was not even on the radar for it me. It was either. not even on the radar. I have not been this shocked since my sister told me that I was gonna be a nephew. What? Or <laughs> uh, uh, an uncle? I got the I got that mixed up. Wow, I'd be shocked too. <laughs> what the heck? I got that mixed up. You get a new uh, uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister breaks the news. Jared, you've got a new uncle. Yeah. Jared, that was terrible. Be, we found your long lost brother. Jared, that was awful. Just That's, just just move on. But man, that it really is out of left field. I don't understand. I'm confused. Which again, you know, this is arguably the perfect fit for Kyrie because Kyrie is a score first point guard, and now with Kevin Durant, maybe he needs to be more of a, you know, not pass first, but more of a distributor. And Kevin or not Kevin, Steve Nash is the best distributing point guard, or at least top three. Is this really like? Is is this a good hire? Well, you no, I don't. I mean, well, I don't okay, know. I, again, we don't, we've never seen him coach before. I make so the maybe. point they made a bad firing, so. It, it's in line. I expected them to make a... But then again, the other options were Jason Kidd, who has proven... He was already with the Nets before, and it didn't go well. And he was with the... Yeah, and he was. He was and with he, the Bucks. He was and with the Bucks, well. and they were pure mediocrity. Or the option was Ty Lue getting $7 million a year. For what? Like there, there, wasn't, there wasn't a good option here. At least Ty Lue's been yelled at by a superstar and won a ring. That's true. At he least, had that. That's true. But let's just... I mean, look. The thing is, we can't say if it's a good or bad hire because he has no experience. Now, Steve Nash... That in itself to tell you whether Steve it's a good Nash or bad Steve Nash was one of the smartest players in the league when he was in the league. He was arguably the smartest player in the league. And he was a great player. He was also a player that was built on fundamentals. Let's not forget, he's not, you know... It's not like you're hiring, you know... I don't know. You're, you're, Ryan you're not, Scalabrini? Yeah, no. It, it's just, this I, is a I guy who him. knows the game, at least. We have that much. He's not just some guy who won off athleticism alone. He was a smart player. This is like in 2K when your star player retired, and then you can bring him on as the assistant yeah, coach. I always did that. This is what this is. Plus, I will say, um, a guy who lived and died by playing team-oriented basketball, now, I mean, after the Nets sort of came into their own in the bubble a bit, now the question is, do you just tell them all to play, you know, fourth and fifth fiddle to... Uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan, the answer is obviously no, because clearly the Nets have some players there, and if anybody could figure out how to make it mesh together, I think it would be Steve Nash just because of his experience, but again, that's experience as a player, being a coach is very different. So, And I'll, I'm kind of excited because there's going to be absolutely no defense on that team. They're going to score 140 a game, honestly. They could. It's going to be like the, the 1980s Nuggets with Kiki Vandewee scoring like 160. You could just said it, you could have just said it'd be like the I don't know the Steve Nash Suns Davis. I, I, you said the 1980s Nuggets. I didn't say the Steve Nash Suns because it's kind of obvious because we were just talking about the Steve Nash Suns. So I mentioned the you 1980s. You said the Mike D'Antoni Rockets. The Mike D'Antoni. Oh no, I'm not going to mention the night. Or you can mention the highest uh, scoring offense. You know, in a I just want to mention Kiki Vandewee and that? Alex English. The Dallas Mavericks. Oh. Well, actually, the Mavs do not play defense. So that's that. That would have been a fair comparison. I mean, if you're looking at what, hey, if you have Trey Burke on the floor, you know you're not playing defense. <laughs> if you're looking at, uh, uh, if you want to look at what the NBA might be in the next couple of years, the Dallas Mavericks are probably a good indication of that. It could swing back to. I'm telling you, it could easily swing back to very defensive basketball very quickly. We saw it with the <laughs> Nuggets. No. Nuggets Jazz game. They seven. scored 80 and 78. That was that was more an anomaly. That was more. Those teams were tired. That's fair. 
and they just couldn't hit shots. Mitchell and Murray were like, all right, y'all, I we're going to take a bit of a I think it is kind of like a pendulum. Or how do you say pendulum? But with, the, like, so sure. we have a lot of three-point shooting right now. I think at some point it's going to go back to post-play as, like, everybody's going to be three-point shooting at the line, and then some, then someone's going to be a revolutionary, and then they're going to put someone in the paint, and then since everybody's playing small ball, they can't stop them. I don't know. Big men are starting to shoot threes now. So. Well, yeah, they, I mean, they are, but they're, I think there might be a movement back to the, like, back to the basket play at some point. Same with Al Alex said defense might come back because there's so much offense, and then one team's going to shift back, let's clamp up on defense, and then nobody's going to be able to score. It's just kind of... I think it, I think kind of goes they, back. That doesn't bring in viewers. That's true. I mean, think think about every sport that's played, right? So we go football, basketball, rugby, football, basketball, baseball. Oh, that's, oh wow. Let's just go with those three. That's it ever. Let's just go with those three. Offense is just steadily went up in each sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to pick out single anomalies, right? But wasn't it just the other day we saw the Giants score 23 runs? Yes. Yeah. And we're seeing all these records broken for home runs per month by teams, right? In basketball, we see Jamal Murray and uh, you know Mitchell drop 50 points a game, it seemed like. In the NFL, I mean, the Saints revolutionized what offense is. They, the Saints were scoring, well, this, this, this past year, it was, what, uh, was it Rams 49ers or the Saints 49ers? That was like 52 to 40-something. I think it was who was it? That I think was, it was uh, Rams and Forty. That was Ram, uh, That was Saints Niners. Saints, ah, Saints you're right. Niners. You're right. You're right. Just a high scoring game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Remember the most famous Monday Night Football of all time between the or Thursday Night Football game of all time between the Chiefs and the Rams out in the Coliseum. That was fifty eight, fifty one. I mean, I thought that was on Monday night. Remember, it was at night. It was when cold. The, that's fair, that's it fair. was cold. When the that's Rams fair. lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Everybody hated it because of how just low scoring and just ugly it was. I liked it. Yeah, I'll, I'll but, offer a rebuttal to your to your home run argument in that yes, these these home runs per month are being broken because teams are playing thirty games a month instead of twenty five. But we are seeing a trend line going massively uphill of home runs and strikeouts per season. So yeah, yeah. While while you are correct, your 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 piece of evidence may be a bit misleading, but you're you're making the right point here. <laughs> Jared, you just lied to that the people. Clap, <laughs> Jared. Oh, welcome to politics. <laughs> Offense is the name of the game. Defense will make a resurgence here and there. But what gets viewers watching? High-scoring offense. That's true, but I think I think defense still wins championships. Oh, it does. And I'm the proponent of that. Right. Defense wins championships. Absolutely. Okay. They always will. Well, you know? I mean, like offensive, uh, ing- not ingenuity, development, creativity. I can't think of the word. But in sports is like always something that is a surefire way to get your championship. And like all sports, the older it gets, the more the potent the offense gets. Because people, have, you you can build off of more and more. Same thing with basketball. You know, but, you're able to build off of what happened in the past and learn from it. There but was, there, there's usually some like baseline they kind of hit. <laughs> but like in baseball, there's kind of like the I, I watched a video about it. it's kind of like a not like a theory, but like a proven like they hit a baseline or they hit like a a point where nobody can ever really beat it. Like they hit the amount of like the home run chant or the home run. Yeah, records aren't smashed yeah. anymore. Like you can't like it's getting harder and harder to reach the records. It's like chess. We we figured it out. There's only only so many permutations of the game you can play, and yeah. it, it's going to take some massive kind of offensive rework and changing the game that we haven't seen since maybe the 1980s 
to change the the face of the sports. It's going to be incremental. That's, Alex, right. That's what I was thinking. That's Alex, what I was going to say. Alex Hugo, and then we'll head to our top of the hour. All right, break. so important. this is just back to the Steve Nash debate. Important thing to mention is that interim head coach, um, Jock Vaughn, who had the Nets in the bubble and was doing great, will stay on as an assistant and obviously will help out a lot with the transition. So that's at least makes the hire make more sense, I guess. Sure. Mm-hmm. Make more sense, I guess. We're going to head to the top of the break. We'll be back in five minutes. You're watching and listening to Extra Point here on WGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out the ways I thought would work best for me. I started by setting a quit date. Then I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches. I did other things, too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life, including turning 17. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Welcome back to the Extra Point here on WEGL 911 in Eagle Eye TV. Jared Dillon and joining me in the studio is Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, and Jack Hart. One hour down, one hour to go here on the show on this Thursday, September 3rd. Do we want to talk college football at all? I'm down. What's their talk are we about? Taking, are we making a, taking a vote? Uh, that's up to y'all. All right, we can talk about it for this segment. I'll be down. There is one game. No boy. Excuse, excuse me. Two games tonight. Really? There's two games tonight. There is uh, Central Arkansas UAB. That is at 8 o'clock Eastern. UAB favored by 19 and a half. And then there is South Alabama Southern Miss an hour later on the CBS Sports Network. Southern Miss favored by 13 and a half. These are technically blowouts. Yeah, South Alabama is terrible. Vegas. No offense to my friends who go to South, but yeah. Who yeah. cares if they go to South? They're, they're terrible. They're terrible. Oh, they know they're, they're terrible there, too. So They have a new stadium, though. It looks really nice. I'll give them props. Good for them. Indeed. I'm not going to use it this year, though, because, you know. But we can. Uh, so those are the couple of games that are happening tonight. Uh, some things that are happening. I mean, the big the big talking point right now for college football is a split season, and that's that's a that's a scary concept to a lot of people. Um, with with the Big Ten, they look like they're coming around to playing football in the fall. However, when Auburn's first game would be on the twenty sixth, yep. which is what three three about three weeks for now, give or take, the Big Ten can't get up and running in three weeks. No. If if the Big Ten's going to play football, they I believe they said their estimate is the first day they would be available to play would be October tenth, and that's even 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 then like personally I feel like that's kind of quick. And that's what four or five weeks into the SEC slash ACC uh, season that's already going on. 
it, it, it's bringing up this idea of a split season and what that means for college football. Because if you're starting on October 10th, can you still get 10 games in before, I guess, New Year's would be the cutoff? Because the playoffs are still going as scheduled, um, uh, pending further notice. Because right now, they're scheduled to go off... Um, Sorry. What are you looking at? You were looking at something, Jared. <laughs> oh, Carl. No, I, okay, a lot of things happened. Just so, yeah, and then we're also looking at, I'm looking at, could we see two Rose Bowls this season? I hope not. There's just, if if the Big Ten jumps back on, are they going to pull the Pac-12 with them? I don't think that's a possibility. They're going to pull the Pac-12 kicking and screaming back consi- in. Considering how, how locked up California has been and yeah. still is, and there's... Five Pac-12 schools in in California. Really? Four or five? I mean, Cal, USC, USC UCLA, UCLA, Cal, Stanford, Stanford. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <Just> forget. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a third of your conference. So yeah. It, if that's not a possibility, and then the Big Twelve is another situation where I mean, there's there's these schools that depend. I don't think Oklahoma State really has anything else going for them besides. Football and at least in majors. I mean, yes, they have a, a decent enough baseball program, and I, I'm sure there's a French sport I, I'm not aware of, but that that is the school Probably for like Oklahoma rowing State or something. And it, it it's it, it's a it's a balance of power between what the conferences want and what these individual schools and I guess for lack of a better term, what the teams want because they're they're the ones with 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 the money and therefore the power when it comes to the, the, these public institutions that have to not only make decisions based on what is relevant for the university, but it also it's a public institution, so it has to make what is relevant for the safety of not only the players uh, on, on, on under the watch of the state government, but also the, the students. As, I mean, we're seeing the ramifications of that right here in Auburn with, with the imploring of, of students to follow the social distancing guidelines because it it's very hard to justify having a football season if your entire student body is not present on campus. Yeah. So it, it's a balancing act that I don't think any of these schools were prepared to handle, and I don't blame them at all. It's an unprecedented act of God, but we're still looking at a situation where as as I, I think it just came it it came at a time too late for for the Big Ten to make a decision because it seems like they've missed the boat. Yeah. It seems like it was either start with the other conferences or don't start at all because if you're starting on October 10th, at at what point are the diminishing returns of a diminished season based on the risk factors of going ahead with it? And I I would say I would not entirely... let, let Let me word this better. It would not be the craziest idea to me if... The SEC just sits there and pouts and says, too late, we're going to go on without you. Because, I mean, if they were to play the October 10th date, as you said, or a little later than that, the only way that it, I mean, the SEC would be compelled. Do they wait so that they can eventually have a playoff with an actual Big Ten? And would it be the craziest idea for the SEC to just say, too bad, so sad, we're going to have a playoff with three of our teams, and that's going to be that? Because that theoretically, that's what it, an SEC Big 12 thing will probably get three SEC teams in the playoffs because... The Big Twelve is Oklahoma beating everybody by forty. Yeah, don't so. forget about the ACC. I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, I, I forget. I'm sorry, I forgot about the ACC. And then, and then, when it comes to playoff time, who's eligible? I mean, is it a 
nine and one Alabama versus a four and zero Ohio State. Exactly. How, how much can they squeeze in before the playoffs? I'd like, say the option is like the, the the option is you let you wait and let Ohio State do their ten games, but that just pushes everything back, puts everything else at risk, and the SEC has no motivation to do that because people will tune into the playoff regardless of if the Big Ten is there because the Big Ten will be Ohio State and nobody else. It's like when you go on the Wikipedia page back to like the nineteen thirties and twenties. And you see, like Ohio State six and zero national champions. We may start seeing that this year. I, I was saying we were going to see that early because at this point you could get such crazy things as like, like if a nine and one SEC team lose, like if if Alab- if Auburn loses their final game to Alabama and misses the playoff. What their final game is against A and M. Oh, yes. it is against A and M. My bad. Sorry. I- as it always is. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But, like, say that were to happen, right? Say they run the table but then lose to a at the end and they are left out of the fifth spot. I mean, people are still upset about the 2000, 2004 controversy, let alone what they could be upset about this one. I'm, are, are you saying not to say because you fear it's going to happen or because... Oh, because I know what's going to happen now <laughs> yeah, you said it. Yeah, okay. I... It, Alex's jersey is now his taste. I think this is this is this year is going to be the closest we'll get to the Wild West days of college football in the 1930s when just conferences played each other and pretended they were all national champions. I mean, Alabama's going to claim like three national championships alone this season. So, I mean, this is not no no. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bring that up. They're what? Not, they're not gonna do that. What? They're not gonna do that. Never mind. Who? We're not gonna talk about that. Say it. College football, just in general. Let's talk about. If, um, that school to the east and their lack of quarterback. Georgia. Oh. oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jack, for getting us that. Are you saying it? I, I, so, I don't know if I can do it this morning. That's fair. That's dim fair. dogs. <laughs> I mean, a, it's comical, really. Dim dogs have a quarterback situation. Newman has opted out. I don't know why. Hello, Newman. I mean, I don't know why it was so late. Oh. The theory is that he lost the job to JT Daniels, which is not the craziest thing in the world because, again, it's not like he came from Clemson. He came from Wake Forest. So, <laughs> No offense to Wake Forest. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's every time Georgia has some sort of debacle on offense, I just sit here and laugh because, well. You're laughing now, but you're not going to be laughing after week two, are you? No, I'm not going to be laughing when we still score three points because – Gus is like, all right, y'all, jet sweep on the first play, jet sweep on the second play, and then punt on third down. It's like, no, Gus. No. That's not what's supposed to happen. But I don't know. It. I mean, it's it's odd that it would happen this late. Same with Jamar Chase. Like, why did he wait? Because so, because Jamar Chase even tweeted, we want to play football. Mm, I think Jamar Chase has a better case. For the that's true. fact that he, he he's, he's a first round pick. That's has, true. He has played a game. That's true. That's true. And again, there's also the jokes that Jamar Chase saw the offense in practice and was like, "Nah, I'm out, Chief." And then <laughs> he, left. We saw that the only thing returning back to LSU this year was Coach O and the coffee maker, and said, <laughs> "I'm out of here." <laughs> and I mean that that's true. That would make sense. But I I don't know it. I I don't really understand it. Why? And now. Of course, there's all the rumors that Justin Fields that George's practice like last week, <laughs> and he, he's in the student database. <laughs> he's, he's, Kirby's like, all right, dude, you come back and we'll run, we'll run a uh, fake punt on fourth down in the SC championship. And Justin Fields like, I'm sold, and comes right back. And it's like, wait a minute, pause. But I don't know. I feel like just the mediocrity of George's offense, no matter what, is going to sustain. So like, you'll get like one or two great throws to George Pickens, then George Pickens will like forget how to run a route, and then it'll be back to normal. But I don't know. 
<laughs> You're looking at me like that, Jared. What? I'm gonna remember all these conversations. Why? While I'm sitting on my couch watching Auburn play George, I'm gonna be like, we went, we went wrong somewhere. <laughs> Justin Fields comes out. J- <laughs> JT Daniels. <laughs> I mean, look, no. Okay, let me be clear. I will slander all the teams Auburn plays, but I know that in the in reality, it's all gonna be like I'll never forget. Um, 20, what was it, 2018 when, like, Ryan Davis was open on a slant, like, 40 times, and Jared Sim just threw it deep to J- Darius Slayton in, like, triple coverage, like, five times. And then uh, Gus is like, all right, y'all, uh, Wildcat Whitlow throw a pass, and it got intercepted, like, twice. No, don't get me wrong. I'm well aware of what's going to happen because it's simply what has happened every time the offense plays somebody with a decent defense. But I can have hope. If you want to talk about precedent, there's some precedent. There is some precedent for that. <sighs> See... Coming into today, I was happy because Auburn football was going to be back in how, what three weeks? Three weeks, twenty sixth, yeah, 20, 23 days. Yeah, I mean three weeks from Friday. Yeah, I was going to be happy, but now I just reminded you of all the problems. Now I realize, man, it's twenty twenty is already bad. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want the Auburn football into the mix that's, of that. That's the thing is, you know, yesterday, yesterday I'm scrolling and what was I, I was scrolling like, on YouTube and I and I catch a game about LSU. It's LSU's game against Alabama, and it's like a Harris highlights clip or whatever, and I'm watching it, and some guy in the comments says, man, nobody could stop LSU. They really were unstoppable. And I'm just thinking the fact that Auburn helped them to 23, and I just get really sad again. It's like <laughs> every if, time. If 2020 is a dark hallway where you can smell, like, gas in it, <laughs> just imagine <laughs> just, just imagine a, a gas Jared, pipe. what is happening? That's a weird. Just, just, a- just imagine if a gas pipe bursted into a hallway that was, like, dark. There was no light, right? Auburn football will be like pulling out a lighter and just lighting it so you can see because it's not going to end well. We're going to drop like 60 on Kentucky and then get blanked against Georgia, aren't we? Not blanked. We'll, we'll score. Get a field goal. We'll score 21 points, but it's on seven field goals. <laughs> Don't remind me of the Daniel Carlson days when he was the MVP of the team. I mean, Daniel Carlson got less miles fired at LSU, so <laughs> I'll take that. 18 points off Daniel Carlson's foot. Easily the greatest game ever. All right, let's head to a commercial break. Davis, are you done? Yeah, I'm going to head out. Fake fan. What? <laughs> he has to go do some calisthenics. Yeah, for, for my lab. Yeah. Uh, I just got an email. It's all said. Have fun. Yeah, so we're going to head to a quick commercial break. <laughs> and when we come back... Well, more extra point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Welcome back inside Extra Point here on WEGL 911. And Eagle Eye TV, how everybody? Jared Dillon joining me in the studio is Jack Hart and Alex Houston. Davis is no longer with us, but we will hold the chair in his honor as uh, we may never see him again because maybe his class will just do him in his calisthenics. We'll find out soon. On to baseball. Jack, what happened in Major League Baseball yesterday? Well, now, it, it's, it's funny because we talked about ejections yesterday, right? And they raised Yankees game. Suspensions and having people get ejected. And the funny part is, what, three people got suspended yesterday before the game happened? So, 
Lovely. That was fun. Um, yeah, so just running down the MLB scoreboard from last night. Rockies got a revenge game against the Giants, 9-6. to Mets on top of the Orioles, 9-4. to Blue Jays double up the Marlins, 2-1. Reds beat the Cardinals, 4-3. Phillies blank the Nats, 3 to nothing. Cubs on top of the Pirates, 8-2. to Rays take 2-3 of from the Yankees, that 5-2. Braves get another one in Fenway, 7-5. to Brewers on top of the Tigers, eight to five. Indians all over the Royals, five to nothing. Twins on over the White Sox, eight to one. Astros double up the Rangers, two to one. Padres blow out the Angels, eleven to four. And Dodgers squeak by the D-backs, three to two. That Air Athletics Mariners game, of course, still postponed as the A's are still self-quarantining despite a second straight day of no positive tests for coronavirus. And just an update on that, it looks like they're not going to play today as well. I think they confirmed that yesterday. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with those teams. The A's are expected to play the Padres on Friday. And the Mariners and Rangers game is still on for Friday as well. So Friday will probably be the next time we see both of those teams if everything goes well. Adam Duvall of the Atlanta Braves becomes the second player in National League history to hit three home runs in a game at Fenway Park. Dang. 24 hours after Marcel Ozuna became the first player in NL history to hit three home runs in Fenway Park. So, the Boston pitching staff having a rough go at it, getting absolutely shelled two games in a row by this uh, interleague game of the Braves coming to town. I was, I was about to say, it, take, it takes true skill to allow a record to be set by a batter in a stadium that is one of the oldest in you know, yeah, history I mean, of sports. Interleague play didn't start till 94, I believe. Still had the World Series, okay. But having it, yes, a time-old record shattered twice twice in a span <laughs> of a day. It, it, it's, a, it's a special skill. It, it really, I mean, that's just, that's bad. Uh, Rays batter around the Yankees in the top of the first inning. Dodgers walk off the D-backs. It was a pretty exciting night across the MLB. We are um, still looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the stats for that that Rays Yankees series. Um, I think it's wrapped up. Actually, I believe the the Rays and the Yankees are done playing. They played ten games. Rays took eight of them. Scored 47 runs, 16 home runs, uh, 2.53 or 0.253 average with runners in scoring positions. Starter ERA of 3.41 and a bullpen ERA of 3.38. That's uh, contrasted with Yankees with a 117 average with runners in scoring position, as well as a 5.55 starter ERA. And for the two, I'd say favorites to 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 represent the AL in the World Series. That's that's a pretty you can't leave that one up to chance. I mean, that's that's a pretty stark contrast between these two teams, and it really shows that the Rays pitching has has really got it on lock. And something I've seen out of the Rays a lot this year is their ability to to make you punish to punish you in a game just with one inning. The the Rays can explode for four or five runs in one inning, and then put the claws on you with the, with the bullpen. And that that that's a style of baseball that you don't see too much. Anymore, a lot a lot of these teams love to grind it out and use their power, their pitching as, as a slow burn. But the Rays are an explosive team, and they're they're liable to go off at any point in, across the nine innings. And that that's a that's a it's a fun brand of baseball to watch, but it's also proving to be effective brand of baseball to watch as they've made 
as Carter was saying yesterday, a lot of really smart roster moves, and it's a very well-managed team, despite um, the manager's threats to throw at other players. I hate the Rays. Jared, you don't. We we discussed this earlier. You don't actually hate the Rays. No, you, I. You, no, I Burnley. do. I do hate the Rays. Davis, with the passion. Do you call me? Sorry. Back on. What's up, Jack? Ben Heller was also ejected for his fastball as it hit um, Hunter Renfro. Not that Hunter Renfro, the other Hunter Renfro in the fifth inning of that uh, Rays-Yanks games as the Rays were up 5-0 on the Yankees. Uh, gets ejected on that one. So we did see an ejection. Uh, Fernando Tadis Jr. is the NL Player of the Month for August. So those Padres are a lot of fun out west. I believe they're still trailing the Dodgers. But they um, obviously hit, had that record of the, the Grand Slams, but they are still five games back on those pesky Dodgers, which Ooh. I think is, is, is trending in the other direction. But as the Dodgers continue to win, it becomes more and more difficult for the Padres to get a lead. Not that the lead matters too much now in our expanded playoff format as the top eight from each league is going to get in. So the Padres are pretty much a lock for the postseason. It's all about seeding, though, and whether or not we see this dual bubble system or I guess quad bubble system with the uh, NL and AL setting up in two different cities each. I don't know. I think I think a ticket into the postseason is pretty much a level playing field once you get there. I don't know how much the seeding is. It, it's going to be interesting because we've never seen a situation like this before with uh, potential neutral sites as well as a crowded playoff field in the in the playoffs. It's usually, uh, I mean, when you get down to it, four teams per league uh, after you after the dust settles in the wild card game. We're looking at a very different playoff, which I, I, I think will be fun to see for a year. And I think it'll be fun to see how players, teams, fans, management, ownership all reacts to it. And maybe potentially, if it goes over well, I don't see any reason why this can't be expanded into the regular season. Because I know I know I talk about it a lot, but the, the, the league changing to this eight teams per league playoff format it really alleviates the number one problem that baseball has is that teams tanking on purpose and it taking up an enormous part of their schedule. I mean, when when someone when when a, a team tank, I mean, just let's look at the NFL. You maybe have three or four teams actively tanking every year, and even so, they're 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 at least making a, a semi entertaining product in in in. That's true. And it's not people make decisions on the fly whether or not it's time to tank. It, there's no room for everyone to tank. I mean, when it seems like in in baseball, if you're not making the playoffs, there's no incentive to not go out there and and throw every game. And and it it, it also inflates the records of other teams, especially when you're dealing with a razor thin margin of yeah these these playoff races come down to a, a game and a half. And if you if you're in a team in a division with the Orioles, per se, and the Yankees' schedule is backloaded with Orioles games, that's not only allowing the Orioles to tank, but it's allowing the Yankees to inflate their win total, and it, it, you become punished for playing in a more competitive division. So I think if if this trade deadline and perhaps the if you dangle the carrot in front of all these teams a little more, I mean... Just looking at the top eight in the National League, the bottom team is not going to be that far out of eighth place. So there, there's always a chance to contend. Every game is going to count the more and more you expand the playoffs. 
how that affects the product of the playoffs is a different story because if you have the playoffs too crowded, then you have a team that has their hot streak get collapsed mid-October. The playoffs take two months. It's an interesting balancing act between dangling incentives for teams in the regular season as well as rewarding them with a easy path for performing well come October. So declare just to clarify, you're potentially arguing for the eight team or eight teams each playoff to be a permanent thing. I am at least- I am I am cautiously optimistic and I'm excited to see how it performs this upcoming fall. If it doesn't go well, obviously I'm not going to advocate for it. Yeah. I'm saying it's it's going to be I'm excited for the potential of, of, of a change that could better baseball. It, yeah. it could throw an unexpected... I mean, this is uncharted territory. We don't know if teams get burnt out af- after playing. I don't know how the scheduling is going to work. Is it? I don't know how... I mean, three game... When you're playing three game series to, to get the playoffs over with, when you have more teams, you're not even using your full rotation. You're using your three best guys and how that... Eventually, I mean, if you if you're the Rays or the A's that plays with a with a pin day, do you throw the pin day in your uh, in your three game series? It it a three game series to me isn't the best indication of a better. I think a lot of worse teams have taken two of three from a better team. I think that that becomes mitigated the more games you add to it. I think five and seven in the current format are are, are a great number. I think it's hard for the for the, the lesser team. To go out and and win those, but I feel like three. The sample size is too small, and that's just an unexpected consequence I could foresee happening uh, if if things do take a turn here in the fall. All right, Jared, I I do want to say you cut me off earlier, but I want to say I want to say what I was going to say before I you know messed up and called you Davis. Sorry about that. Of course, I didn't mean to insult you like that. But um, I'll beat you up again. I know that's why I'd apologize, Jesus. But uh, don't hate the Rays because of the Yankees' mistakes, okay? That's all I'm going to say. I hate the Rays because Carter likes them. That's literally the only reason. Oh. I thought it was because the fact that they're That is literally current- it. I thought it was the fact they're currently beating the Yankees, but. That's just an I- unintended side effect. Yeah, that's just an unintended side effect. The Yankees are not even my favorite team. They're second favorite. Well, yeah, but your other favorite team is terrible. You know, on Tuesday, you're like, oh, the Cardinals are about to start playing. Yeah, they'll be 500 the when Cardinals- they come back. They're still 14 and 14. And they're only, what, three and a half games back of first place? No, they're like six games back. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Oh, they're four games back, actually. Three and a half, four games, yeah. I'll ah. get graphics up next week. I've been scrambling to get them, um, e- even for myself. So, we're done with baseball? Merc- with mercifully. All right. Let's go ahead and head to our next break. Jack, you're done? I got to go to my safety lecture. I'll see you next week, guys. Safety safety lecture. lecture. Yeah, I got to stay safe out here. You know? I suppose so. Wake up, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I went to bed at 2. Join the real world. You're watching with this extra point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV.
Welcome back inside the Extra Point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon joining me on the show is Alex Houston. It's literally just us. It really is. And I'm going to say that you pushed everybody away. What? Everybody that you love leaves you. Jared! I'm, 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 just, I'm, being, I'm just being honest. Jared. Right? That's, um, that's just how this works. Davis is gone. Jack is gone. You're still here, Jared. Not not for much longer. Oh my gosh. I have an interview today. Really? Yeah. With who? The University of California, San Diego. Never heard of them. UC San You never heard of UC San Diego? No. Am I supposed to? Yeah. Well, Jared, um remember to uh wear get a fire retardant suit when you go to California. Gotta be prepared. And uh yeah, I'm assuming it's just, you know, a little Zoom chat. <laughs> no, Carl, you know that. <laughs> I got you, Carl. Will do. God, that's one thing I missed is Carl. <laughs> uh, you missed a lot of things, Jared. That's why you're back. Uh, Not for long. What? Not for long. Jared, what the heck? Oh. That's no fair. Everything you love leaves you. Jared. I want you to know that. Well, I don't want to call in. I you can't at 334 the show. Or you can ask a question live stream by searching WGL 91.1 FM on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And Periscope. What? That's what Twitter is. Really? You numb nuts. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Really? Twitter and Periscope are the same thing. Really? Yes. I have no idea. Oh, oh my. <laughs> what? <gasps> okay. Well, you would say you would say it in the intro, you would say Twitter and Periscope, so I'm wondering why you just stopped saying it. <sighs> because technically you can go to Periscope by itself. You can go to periscope.com. That's and oh, okay, watch yeah. it. But but instead of telling people to go to Periscope, I'll just tell them to go to Twitter, the more known platform, and it's the same thing. So it's not the same thing. Twitter owns Periscope. Okay. It's the same thing. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Okay. Are you done? I do, mean, do I, gotta, I don't know. Do I gotta hit you? What? College football. Oh boy. We're talking college football. College football. This. I want to pick these games. Oh my gosh. There's nine games. We, yeah, we didn't pick them. I forgot about that. There's nine games. I want to pick them. Fine. Let's pick them. Go ahead. You want to pick them? Yeah. Why? All right. I mean, we'll get the rest of the boys to pick them as well. Don't worry. Of course. But here on the show, we're going to pick these games. Can I draw on the whiteboard? Where's the marker? I don't know. Use a piece of paper. That way we can no. save it after the show. No, then I can just put it over there. Oh. Come on. The marker. I know the marker's over there, Jared. Yeah, I'm playing with it. Jared, give it here. No. Jared. Here we go. First game. Oh, my. Boo. Central Arkansas at UAB. That is tonight, 8 o'clock. The line has actually went up since we talked about it. It was at 19 and a half. It is now 20 and a half. Oh, oh no. So I, think, um, I think they're listening on the show today. Despite the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, Central Arkansas has uh, McGill Tune alum CJ Evans. Uh, hashtag swarm. Um, I'm going to have to pick Can UAB. Can you not bring up Mobile anytime you have a chance? <laughs> so I mentioned that a bunch of my friends from high school that, that were in Mobile go to UAB. <laughs> well, who is it? Thank you for going to the extra point. Who is it? Hey. All right. Here we go. 
Did Carter call back in again? Welcome on to the program, Carter Bird. Ah, he's back. Jared, you sound decidedly less excited that I'm back today. <laughs> because it's literally just me and Alex, and you saved me. What? <laughs> You're like, so mean, if, Jared. If, I love it. I love it. If you walked hey, into the fun. studio right now, I would leap into your arms. <laughs> <laughs> so what are y'all uh, talking about right now? Well, we, were, <laughs> we had decided that we... There's nine college football games this weekend, barring any catastrophes. Is that counting the two tonight? Yes. So I was I was thinking, well, heck, it may be pick'em season again. I'm in. Hey, I am in. I will be the the guest picker every week. I, mm, I feel like you're less of a guest picker at that point, but well, well, <laughs> well, it's just an addition to the show. After review, we'll allow it. Here we go. First game. Alex, Alex, I've been a part of every show so far since they've been back. Oh, so you're, you're basically still here. All right, solid. Basically. <laughs> At least for the last 30 minutes of each show. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's start with the first game. Central Arkansas, UAB. The game's at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central tonight. UAB favored by 20 and a half points. I feel like it's just given who everybody's going to pick. Yeah, UAB. No, hey, hey, let's pick against the, the spread. Let's not do <laughs> straight up. I want to go against the spread, make it harder if we're going to do this thing. You want to go against the spread? Yes. Mm. Can we pick the we're game? Can we, can we pick the game and then pick against the spread? I mean, a lot of them are going to go the same way, but sure. Because, I mean, I mean Pickham goes for Pick'em, win this game. Because Pickham goes for the whole year, and I don't think it gets to spread the whole year. You should. I don't want to. Jared, just make your pick. I'm picking UAB to win. Oh, really? Yes. Way, way to go out on the limb and pick the 20 and a half point favorite. Hey, I'm, <laughs> so is everybody else. You're, you're totally right. That's why we need to pick pick against the spread. I'll pick UAB to win the game, but they will not cover. How about that? Okay. I'm picking them to win and cover. It's 20 points. Okay, yeah, but it's college football in 2020. I mean, yeah, but if, if they win 35-7, to 7, they cover. All right. And it, this is an FCS team, and UAB is a decent team. Yeah, and I thought that when Arkansas played Portland UAB State last year. Arkansas. Oh yeah. That, okay. Yeah. But Arkansas is Arkansas. That's a whole different animal. Carter, but, what about you? UAB and they're covering the spread. That's the right answer. Well, what's the right answer to this? South Alabama travels to Southern Miss. That is nine Eastern, eight Central on CBS Sports Network. Southern Miss, thirteen and a half point favorites. I'll take Southern Miss and I'll take them to cover the spread. I've heard from people from Mobile that South Alabama is apparently buns. They're, they're not very good. They always are bad. Not always. They were decent they're like two years ago. They're pretty much always. They're pretty much always bad. They made a ball uh, game like two but, years ago, but yeah. But. Congratulations. It's going to be. Southern, Southern Miss is just an all around better program besides that one year that Ellis Johnson was the head coach and coached them to an 0 12 record. I forgot about um, that. But. Southern Miss is going to win this game. Southern Miss is going to cover as well. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with that as well. I mean, I just I don't see South Alabama keeping the game within what 13 and a half points. No way. Oh, this is where it starts to get a little bit hairy. Eastern Kentucky at Marshall. The game is at 12 Central on Saturday. We're now moving to the Saturday slate on ESPN. This game, at least to the ESPN app, does not have a line currently. Ah, uh, tough. I'm, I mean, I'm still picking Marshall. Really? Uh, give me, give me Eastern Kentucky. Uh, throwback to that time that they almost went into Lexington and beat Kentucky, and then Kentucky probably will never play them again. Just like Auburn will likely never play Jacksonville State again. Fair, fair. Uh, knowing nothing about either one of these teams, I know what it was last year. Marshall did Marshall win the first bowl game last year? I'm going to check. Is that a thing? I don't know. They, mm, I think they lost, actually. I'm going to Google it. All I know is I won the bull pick by, like, a land. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. I'm going to pick Marshall. Good pick. Here we go. Middle Tennessee at Army. Army, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Hmm. I mean, you, you have to go Army in this game. We're Do- talking about... We are in a weird year where teams have had shortened camps, where they haven't had spring practice. They're less sure of 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 who they are, and Army's about to step in there with a bunch of cadets and run the daggum triple option. Middle Tennessee ain't ready for that. Army's going to run through them and probably win the game by double digits. I mean, I agree with that 100%. Army... Covers the spread, they win. They probably win by. I'm gonna say more than two touchdowns. You said you said it was three and a half, right? Yes. Hmm. I'm gonna pick Army as well to win because again, the triple option. I mean, it's unstoppable. We all know this, but I don't know if they're gonna cover. I'm, I'm not sure. They, I'm not sure about that. Wait, so you're you're gonna say Army's gonna win, but they're gonna win by less than if they win by three. Points. If they win by three, yeah. Okay, I'm probably gonna be Jared, wrong, but Jared, Jared, that's a that's a very like reasonable. There's so many games decided by three or three and a half or less. I was about to say, and again oh, with the, no. with the way this offense goes, I mean that you know they're not gonna score a lot because you know they take nine minutes to get down the field. So all it takes is to score I've, a bit. I've seen games. I've seen games where I've watched triple option teams put up 50 plus points. That's true. I just, Army's not... Navy, no, Navy and Georgia Tech have both done it in the last decade. Navy and Georgia Tech are much more high-powered of the triple option, but Army and is like the classic ground and Army's pounds. been better than Navy, like, over the over the last five-year period. Army's no, been a better... I agree. Army, Army is better, especially because their defense has been better, and they run the triple option more, um, just more efficiently, but they do not go... They do not take as many risks, so it's a lot more just marching down the field for them compared to Whoa. Navy or Georgia Tech style, which incorporates a lot of Keenan Reynolds-esque type players that are much more risky, I guess? I don't know. Just a reminder that last year on November 9th, Army did hang 63 on UMass. I know it's you, Matt, but <laughs> yes, they hung 63. Well, you know what? I'm going to hope that I'm right this time. Don't get me wrong. I'd be happy if Army wins by hey. 63 because good for them, but I'll take the rest. R.I.P. UMass from the time that they were supposed to come to Jordan Hare this year and get beat by 90 by Auburn. Ah, uh, yeah. Poor UMass. Sad times indeed. All right. One last one before break. SMU goes on the road to Texas State. SMU 
22 point favorite Ooh. as the road team. I'm going last on this one because I have an actual take on this game. Oh. All right, Jared, you go first. Then. SMU goes on, goes on the road. Mustangs are back. They cover. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick SMU to win, but I yeah, I'll say they cover. Why not? SMU wins this game. SMU wins this game by 30-plus. SMU's legit this year. They're good. Shane Bouchelle's back. The team returns a lot. They were good last year. They're going to be even better this year. They're going to freaking run run Texas State out of the building. Texas State, granted, is going to be better. They were bad last year. Uh, they have a new coach from two years ago, but... SMU is going to run away with this. All right. We're going to head to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up Pick'em here on The Extra Point. You're watching and listening to Extra Point here on WGL 91.1 and Eagle Eye TV. Welcome back inside Extra Point here on WGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillon joining me in the studio is Alex Houston and Carter Bird is on the phone as we continue our college football pick on. We ended with SMU Texas State. Now move on to one of the biggest games of the weekend. Houston Baptist goes on the road to North Texas. This game does not have a line. That was all sarcasm, by the way. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. What's the game? Repeat, four, four, four. Houston Baptist at North Texas. Oh, uh, North Texas by seventy. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm taking, Jared? I'm taking North Texas. Yeah. Yes, Carter. What do you have? Like what by how many? By how many? Sure. Uh, forty. North Texas, Seth Littrell, and the boys are going to win this game by a lot. I mean. 50. I mean, no offense to Houston Baptist, but I've never heard of them. <laughs> I have in basketball. I was about to say same. In basketball only, but nothing else apparently. Houston Baptist. Alex, I, Alex, I, I just don't believe you. But no, <laughs> I mean, I have. Alex, you've been shut down twice on this show already. Everybody's calling in and attacking me, and I'm just like, I'm just trying to... Uh, who, who who called in previously and, and attacked you? De- Devin called in 15 minutes into the show and told Alex not to talk about basketball anymore. <laughs> Which I said something reasonable, but we won't get into it again because and I this is, this is this is coming from uh, the guy who said that what Javale McGee is like a top 10 center in the NBA. <laughs> if, I mean, if he's telling you to not not talk about basketball that's tough something something bad happened i've said more unreasonable things than the thing i said today that he called about so i'm not really sure maybe he just woke up in a bad mood i don't know what's the next game (laughs) (laughs) arkansas state at memphis as an eight o'clock eastern seven central game on espn on saturday memphis 19 point favorites memphis the tigers will win and they'll also cover yeah, I I've got Memphis winning this, but I don't think they uh cover. Who are they playing again? 
Arkansas State. Come on, Arkansas State. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'll pick them to win. I'll say they'll cover. Yeah, why not? In the game that honestly nobody cares about, Stephen F. Austin takes on UTEP at the same time. That game currently has no line. Stephen F. Austin at UTEP. Give me UTEP all day. Texas Texas Western, baby. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, give me uh, University of Texas El Paso. What are they? The Miners, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, give me the minors in this game. Give me uh give me Stephen F. Austin by three. <laughs> hey, if you if you all were uh wondering, uh Trooper Taylor is the is the receivers coach at Duke. I was wondering that when we were talking about Arkansas State. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure, I was also wondering that too. Uh and <laughs> the game of the week Oh no. Monday, September seventh at eight Actually, Eastern, seven central. I mean, this is a good game. The line is even right now. BYU at Navy. Oh, yeah. That's a good game. I'll I, I go first. Navy wins. Always go at Navy. Go Navy. Beat Army. Uh, I, honestly, I can't tell you much about this BYU team, but I know that Navy is always usually good. Uh, so give me the midshipmen. And they'll win, we'll say, they'll win by seven. They'll win by a touchdown. I have a hot take on this. I'm actually coming up, so I'll go left. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to pick Navy as well. I mean, just looking at last year, Navy was 11-2 and two and BYU was 7-6. and six. Obviously, Navy's not going to return all their production, but still, I think, I think you just got to go Navy because it is the triple option, and teams seem to have never been able to really figure it out. So I'll go Navy. All right, so I believe Malcolm Perry is gone at Navy, which I think is significant because he was their best offensive player by a mile oh, last year. Um, BYU, on the other hand, I freaking love this quarterback. This dude, is he looks like he's 12, but that dude competes his butt off. Zach Wilson, I started calling him a freaking babyface killer last year, watching him play Utah in week one and just compete his butt off in a game that his team was way overmatched. Um, I like BYU going on the road to Navy. Keep in mind, BYU did beat Tennessee last year. Uh, BYU all the way, baby. That's bold. Well, there you go. There's picking for the week. So those nine games, we'll see what happens. College football's back, like back, back now. Not that one game off kind of stuff. It's back. So we'll we'll see what's popping, I guess. Uh, Carter, do you have anything that you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? So uh, what do we think about Leonard Fournette? That's right. I don't think we even got to that during the show. No, today. we didn't actually. How? What, the the what Buccaneers. Are you about? The Buccaneers. <laughs> Biggest news stories in sport. What is happening? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the extra point gets kind of wild sometimes, I'll admit. We, and, I mean, I don't know. It's just it, at this point it feels so, like, numb to the fact that the Jazz are letting go of another player from the 2017 team and the Bucks are signing yet another player. It just it's, it's, like, redundant at this point. But They're assembling a, a death team but, over in Tampa Bay. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the um, – Y'all remember that Eagles team from like 2013 and Vince Young was like, we're the dream team. And they went like 5-11. and 11. 
Nobody remember that? Well, are, you, are you saying hey, that uh, they're going to be 5 and 11? No, 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 no. Did you try no. to put Vince Young on a dream team? No, 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 no. He called it that. I'm not I'm not kidding. He called it that directly. He was the backup quarterback, and that's what he called him. I don't know why, but that's what he did. And I'm not saying that the Bucks are going to go 5 and 11. It just felt like because the Eagles just inhaled everybody. Like that quarter, that cornerback from the Raiders, what was his name? The cornerback from the Raiders? Remember, he was like number 21, and he was really good, and he signed this huge contract and disappeared. Prince of Mukamara. No, no. <laughs> no, okay, I cannot remember his name, and it's really bothering me that I can't. Um, but this is this is some great radio, right? Wait, now. it's bothering me too because I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh, well, I give up. Yeah, I I don't. So my favorite thing about this is you have to feel horrible for good old Keyshawn Vaughn, the. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks draft pick at running back, who people were thought like, oh, like he could challenge Ronald Jones for the starting job. Now, based on the latest projections, because since then the Bucks have signed Leonard Fournette and Lashawn McCoy, he is Jeez. going to finish based on the uh, projections fifth on the team with nine rushes for thirty-seven yards and one catch for nine yards this season. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leonard Fournette uh, is supposed to have 170 carries for 704 yards, five touchdowns, 27 catches for 193 and a touchdown. And Ronald Jones is going to get 143 carries for 593, four touchdowns, 28 catches, 217, and a touchdown. So literally all of Keyshawn Vaughn's potential production wow. is going to go to LaShawn McCoy and, Len- and Leonard Fournette, and he's going to be like – I don't know if you can keep five running backs on a roster. I was going to say cut Keyshawn Vaughn. I was going to say if, if when you said he was going to finish fifth, I was like, okay, they might just cut him because most teams keep what <laughs> four running backs on a roster. Where, where's Peyton Barber I mean, at now? Peyton Barber's in Washington actually. Peyton Barber's is he? the Panthers? Isn't he? No, no, he's in Washington. Oh, you're right. He's going to be backing up Adrian Peterson, 487 year old Adrian Peterson. We love to see it. We really do. I mean, or I guess is. Is Chris Thompson still there? No, Chris Thompson is in Jacksonville, actually, which, of course, oh. very conveniently, they cut oh, Leonard Fournette. Meanwhile, Jay Gruden, who loved Chris Thompson, is the offensive coordinator for Jacksonville. So pick Chris Thompson in your fantasy drafts, guys, because for the first seven weeks, they're going to give him the ball constantly. He's not so, he's not great, but it's going to happen. If if the Bucks cut a running back, it's either going to be Keyshawn Vaughn or Dare Agumbawale. He has a cool name, so don't cut him. <laughs> Who, who, by the way, I think his sister is that girl that beat, had the buzzer beater to beat UConn w- w- women's basketball. What, Notre Dame? No, no, no. Oh, Notre it, Dame won? Mississippi State. Oh, uh, Mississippi State? Wait, no, it was Notre Dame. That's what I was saying. No, I, I forgot. no, it was, it was, no, no, she, she had the buzzer beater to win the national championship, I believe. W- was she on Notre Dame, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think, know my college think, women's basketball. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Her, her sister, his sister is Arike Agumbawale, who played at Notre Dame See? and hit the national championship winning buzzer beater. You want to know the reason? And was the most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament. You want to know the and only was reason? The WNBA Rookie of the Year in 2019 and ACC Athlete of the Year in 2018. Wow. She had a career, man. That's an, imp- mean, that's an impressive resume already. Where is she at now, though? That, that's a good question. She plays. I think she's for, still playing, isn't she? Well, if she was 2019 yeah, rookie, the, rookie of the, the year, Dallas I hope Wings. she does. She oh, plays for the Dallas, Dallas Wings. Wings. She's oh. 23. The only Dang. reason I remember her is because 
the extra point open had that game-winning shot in it a year ago. By nice. Adam Amin, I believe. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it was. So that, I, that's the only way, reason why I remember Adam that. Amin, Adam Amin is one of the best Twitter follows of a sports personality out there. I love that guy. I'm also a great Twitter follow. I don't do anything. So no, you're through not, two yeah. seasons, <laughs> Arike Agumbawale has is averaging 20 points, 3.3 assists, and 2.5 rebounds. That's not bad. That's I think we should, good, all, we should all buy uh, her jerseys and wear them during the next point. Episode. You do not buy her jersey. You stay far away from her. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, I'm trying to put that in the past, Jared. Come on now. You gonna put something? Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, you stay. You stay far away hey, from home, girl. It's not my intent. The, the the extra point has a really bad track record with curses because when we thought we broke the Hillman curse, the world ended. That's so, that's right. Yeah. I, I, so Jacob I did the th- Thanos snap the world. And I we don't. All got I it. don't want you to even try to break your curse because it's a lose lose. Either you don't break the curse and something happens to that person, or you do break the curse and 2020 Part Two Electric Boogaloo happens. <laughs> so you stay far away Jared, from I, anything Jared, that you do. Can I uh, buy your jersey? No, <laughs> you are literally the 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 jersey equivalent of the ring. You buy their jersey <laughs> and then seven days later something bad happens to them. It's like watching the ring. I mean, that's actually what happened to RG3. We won't get into that. I got his jersey on Christmas. Their playoff game was on, was on the 2nd of January. But, you know, it's tough. That does it for the show today. Thank, yeah. you, Car- <laughs> Thank you, Carter, for calling in. You're welcome, fellas. I'll uh, talk to you all soon. All right. I'll see you later. That was Carter Bird. And that does it for the show today. <laughs> so, for Carter Bird, Jack Hart, Davis Carroll, Devin Foreman, Alex Houston, I'm Jared. Jared. What? You said me last. Yeah, you better be glad I, I said your name at all. <laughs> you didn't say my name last time. Yeah, because you didn't deserve it. You got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, no, I'm good actually. Davis just texted me and said that's the wackiest Zoom I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> he should have done it on the air. So he survived. <laughs> he should have done it on the air. Uh, but once again, let's just reset for a second. For Jack Hart, Davis Carroll, Devin Foreman, Carter Bird, and Alex Houston, I'm Jared Dillard saying so long. We're done for the week. We'll see you back on Tuesday because Monday's Labor Day. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So make sure that you go out there, you stay safe, you have fun, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for watching and listening to Extra Point here on WEGL 911 and Eagle Eye TV.